Okay, let's start our discussion tonight of, uh, of a topic which is definitely a pre-Shvuist topic, but it also has to do with the, uh, the daf, and that is, on uh, tomorrow's daf, there's a comment of the rush. That's what uh, allows us to, uh, to call this still the daf be'in shir, even though it's uh, uh, also pre-Shvuist related. There's a machlokas tomorrow. The, the Mishnah tells us from today's daf that when one makes an Erev Chatseros, one has to leave a certain area of the city un-Erevd. Just so that people don't forget that there's a concept called Erevs. We'll have to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it now. But why we don't do that is what I said. But it was a, it was a din in the Mishnah. And the question is, how big of an area does one have to leave in, you know, on Erev? So the Gemara has a couple of different opinions. The Mishnah has two opinions. Uh, 50 inhabitants or three yards with two inhabitants. And then a Reb Yitzchak is quoted in the Gemara. Even one house, one house and one chatzah, that's good enough. And the riff Paskins like Rabbi Yitzchak. And the Rosh says Rabbi Yitzchak's in the Gemara. It sounds like he's an Amora. Sounds like he's an Amora. So what's the what's the riff doing? He's Paskin like the Amora. It's against the two days of the Mishnah. It must be, says the Rosh, that the riff understands the Rabbi Yitzchak in the Gemara as a Tana. And that's how he must think that there are three opinions in terms of what can be left over. And the riff is Paskin like the most makel, <laughs> like the most makel opinion. Okay, that opens up the door for us to be able to discuss this issue of stages of the Gemara. And the Rush was so bothered that, oh, he's an Amora, and how can he paskin like him? The Tanaim argue. And the question is, are Tanaim and Amoraim very different from each other? Right? We know that they're, all, they're both Bali Hamasora, they're both unbelievable, they're both you know, off-limits, as we'll see, to anybody afterwards, possibly. But... Um, the Gemara assumes, you know, every daf and shas that an Amora can't argue on a Tana. Doesn't the Gemara assume that? So that is our question tonight. Um, was there a halachic change, or was there a halachic status given to the stimas, the ksivas hamishnah, the stimas hatalmud? That is the issue that we're going to talk about tonight. Those two, those two issues. Again, this is part of a larger scheme of shiurim, which have to do with inyani Torah Shabal Peh. Uh, but this is one of them. One of them is the Ksivas HaMishnah and the Stimas HaTalman. So we start off with a Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Mamrim in source number one. The Rambam says, a little cut off on the side, but you have the whole marker there. Says the Rambam. Bez din agadol, shedarshu ba'achas ben amidos, kefima shenira be'enem shadin kach. If a Bezdin uses one of the Yud Gimomidos, they darshin based on Shav, not maybe not Shava, based on a Hekish, based on a Reba Umiyet, they darshin a certain law. Vidarudin, the Aman Achareim Bezdin Acher, another Bezdin comes after them, Venirilo Tam Acher Listor Osohadin, and they think just the opposite, based on a different one of the Midos, they think that the Din should be different. Hariza so servidan, Kvimashi Yirabeinov, they are allowed to uproot the previous Din. Every Bezdin has the right. As long as the Bezdin is a real bit, we don't have Bati Dinim today, but in the days of the Sanhedrin, when there was a later Sanhedrin and an earlier Sanhedrin, or Bati Dinim that were equal in stature to the earlier Bati Dinim, they were allowed to say what they wanted. A later Bezdin is allowed to do that. And not only may be allowed to do that, but may be obligated to do that. If they understand the halacha in a certain way. And that's the medrash. You follow the, the best in, in your, in your door. This is the Gemara, this is the Rambam. So, ask the Kesef Mishnah a simple question on the Rambam. 
If it's true that a later Bezdin is allowed to argue on an earlier Bezdin, so why is it that a Moraim can't argue on Tanaim? That's the bomb kasha of the Kesef Mishnah. The Kesef Mishnah right there in Hilchas Mamrim, in the second parak, says where it's underlined on line 14, V'im Tomar, Im Kain Amilo Pligi Amoroi Atanai. If it's true that a later Bezdin is allowed to argue on an earlier Bezdin, why do Amoroi not argue on Tanaim? Da Bechol Duchta. Every Daphin Shas, Makshinan La Amora Ami Masnison, we ask on an Amora from a Mishnah, Omi Brysa, Vitzarech Lomar, and Adamriki Aitana, and they have to find another Tana that they all like. Somewhere in a Mishnah or a Brysa or a Tosefta, they've got to find somebody. Vimlo, Yomar, Kane, Kashala, and if they don't find somebody, Kasha. Right? We reject them. And sometimes there's even a Tufta, they're rejected. According to the Rambam, why? Why can't? And I'm more arguing a Mishnah. What? They're 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 also a Bezdin. So why not? So let's see what he says, and then we have to figure out what he means. So says the Kesef Mishnah. The Efsher Lomar. It's possible. The Miyom Chasimas Hamishnah. From the days that the Mishnah was closed. Kimu v'kiblu. There was an acceptance. Shedoros ha'achronim lo yachloku al harishonim. How do you translate that line? That they wouldn't or that they couldn't. Sounds like that they wouldn't. They accepted not to. They accepted not to. We'll get to that. So we'll have to get to that later. But the simple interpretation of the Kesef Mishnah is that Amoraim can argue on the Tanaim, but they wouldn't. There was an acceptance that they wouldn't argue on the Tanaim because they thought maybe they would get they were they, they were Tanaim. They knew that they were in a in a different stage, but they wouldn't. But Meikar Adin, it sounds like there was no halachic significance, really, to the Ksivas HaMishnah. Okay, we're not getting into now, but just to mention parenthetically, it's known as the Machlokas Rashi and the Rambam, but all the Achronim really make it exciting and get on the, in on the act. What exactly what Rabbi Yudah Hanasi did? We assume, and we grow up to believe, as many say, and the Rambam seems to say, that the Rabbi Yudah Hanasi not only compiled the Mishnah, but he wrote the Mishnah, and he put it down into writing. That's what many Rishonim assume, and that's what we assume. Rashi, in a few places in Shas, doesn't say that. Rashi seems to say he put it together, but it wasn't written down. That's how the Maritz says, a few places in Shas, you have a question about a spelling of a word in the Mishnah. How can you have a question about spelling of a word? Look in the Mishnah. What do you mean? The Gemara in uh, Sukkah. Shoeva is with this letter or with that letter? Right? Is it e, the first mission of Odazara? Edeen or Edehen? With an olive, with an ayin? All these questions about what the, where we had in, in the Mesechus Erebin, we had it a, a week or two ago. Right? Uh, what is, uh, what's the, how do you spell a certain word in the Mishnah? How do you have those discussions? It's about, look at the Mishnah! So maybe maybe the Mishnah wasn't recorded yet, and there were different Mesorahs. It was just compiled. But what it, what the word was, maybe not. So there was a discussion what Rabbi Yudanasi actually did at the with the Mishnah. Something was connected. He compiled it. Maybe later on, it was written down a little bit, a couple of generations later. But that's just a, a parenthetical statement that relates to what we're talking about. But says the. Ke- Is the Rambam, could the Rambam be talking about only in the same league? He does not, he does not mention it. 
That would be if the Rambam meant that only within the same halachic stage of history, Lachora, he would mention it. He doesn't. He just says if you have a later bezin, you know, it's, uh, you know, they have the right. They have the right. And also, again, a topic of another shear, the Rambam never really quotes the concept of Niskatnu Hadoros. There are various other um, sources. The, the Shulchan Aruch. What? I mean, the Gemara has it, but, but as a halachic principle, the Rambam does that. The, the Shulchan Aruch says the left and right. And based on Bali Tos. Bali Tos say left and right. Well, Bali Tos is in Brachas. Right? Oh, even though the Mishnah says that you shouldn't say Kriyashma on the first side of the, uh, the, uh, after the wedding, up is Manaseh, we have to say Kriyashma. We, we never have Kavana, says Tosas. So what? If we, we're not going to say it tonight? Oh, I always have Kavana. I'm not saying it tonight. Who are we kidding? Right? Or Tosas, the Bali Tosas. Oh, if you don't have Kavana in Avis, forget it. You're not going to have Kavana the second time in Avis either. So Bali Tosas are realists. And the Shulchan Aruch was Bali Tosas. But if you look at the Rambam, the Rambam never quotes any of these halachas about, now we can't do it today. No. The Rambam quotes. The Rambam says, if you come back from a trip and you can't have proper kavana for three days, you don't daven for three days. Because you have to wait to get that proper kavana. Shulchan Aruch would say, you daven on the trip. Right? We don't, we don't, we don't wait. So again, that, that might also be Lishit Taso in his worldview that no, Yiftach Bedoro Kishmol Bedoro. And every generation has the potential to reach great heights. So this is the cast of Mishnah. Some Iker Adin, um, Amoraim can argue on Tanan. That's what he seems to say. We'll get to another interpretation of the, of the Kesem Mishnah Bezrim a little bit later. But they were Makabel that they wouldn't. And this is also, if we have the Kesem Mishnah in the border of the Rishonim and the Achronim, I call it a border of Salvation quotes in one of his Sfarim that his grandfather Reb Chaim said that Shulchan Aruch was the last Rishon and the Ramah was the first Achron. So I don't exactly know where to, where to put the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, but they were on the, they were on the border. Says the, says Reb Chaim, in source number three, Reb Chanan, Reb Chanan says, he asked Reb Chaim this question, and Reb Chaim, in a, in a different context, without going into the details, and Reb Chaim said the same thing, without quoting the Kesem Mishnah. Line eight, Veheshiv, this is quoted in the Kovach Shirim and Baba Basra, Veheshiv, Debeemez gam amora yesh bekocho lachlo kaltana. And Amora can argue on a Tana, says Reb Chaim. Vahadam osvin et tziufta mitanoi lamorai, how could there be a tziufta? How can it be a tiyufta if theoretically, oh, he can say what he says. Not only Rav Tana Upalig, Amara Imu. So, Humishum Da Amara, Eino Cholik Al Tana. He wouldn't. Ve'ilu Yoda, Devayatana, Lohaya Cholik Alav. The Gemara's assumption is that if he would have known the words of the Tana, he would never have argued on him. That's why he said tiyufta. Aval Bimakam Shecholik Lahedya, but if in a place where he explicitly argues, you might even pass like the Amora. And that's why sometimes an Amora who's stuck in, in a corner will say, you know what? Ain't a Mishnah. What does Ain't a Mishnah mean? What, he has the right to just knock out a Mishnah? Not authoritative. Well, not authoritative. It's a Mishnah. Just because you're stuck, you can get to say, you get to uh, delete? No. The answer is, Rabbi Chaim would say, that means that he has the right to argue. The postures, you might say, is that no, that just means that's not said so often in the Gemara. That in that circumstance, it might be, uh, you know, not a, a reliable text. But either way, this is all the Pashas of the Kesem Mishnah, and this is all Reb Chaim. But, to be sure, this is the minority approach. Ruba de Ruba of the Mepharshim say that the, as we're about to see, the Ksivas HaMishnah was a, a, um, an important halachic stage of the Mesorah, and afterwards was qualitatively a different league. And therefore it could be, and the Pashas of the, the Pashas of Shas is that 
one the Amoram cannot argue on a on a Tana. The one who spe- one of the people who speaks about this, one of the ones who speaks about this at length, is the great great grandson of the Chassam Sofer, who wrote a sefer Doravi. <coughs> He's the fourth generation of the Chassam Sofer, a great great grandfather, great great grandson, and uh, his his, his Agdama to Mesechus Chulin, his commentary Mesechus Chulin, he t- speaks a lot about Torah Shabbat and he discusses what exactly turning the page, what exactly what Rabbi Huda Hanasi did in writing, he's taking that approach, in writing the Mishnah, says the Daravi, the high heterksiva on the top right, the fact that he wrote it is not just something that he violated or didn't violate, look at his Lashon, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi expanded Torah Shebechsav, Dahainu she asru yidei abezdin haboim achareim shelolach lo kal drashasam achra asam. Rabbi Yudanasi, not only as we usually understand it, he was worried that Torah will be forgotten. He wasn't only worried about Torah being forgotten. He was worried about Torah being made crooked and there being a ziyafat Torah and Torah being misconstrued and Torah being misunderstood. Rabbi Yudanasi said, "I need more Torah shebichsav." So there's more text that is accepted upon everybody, and I know everybody's going to say whatever they want after these texts, but the Tanakh is not enough. So that's why he made, he wrote, according to his approach to the Mishnah, in order to expand Torah Shem And that gufa was the point that you can't argue, says the Doravi. And that's what he writes, that this is part of this was because all of Chai Yisrael were about to go into Gullus, the centralized Sanhedrin, centralized Judaism in Eretz Yisrael was about to be lost, right? But Yisrael were going into Gullus, we'll talk about uh, when Rabbi Hudanasi lived uh, in a couple of minutes, and therefore going into Gullus, the dangers of foreign cultures uh, affecting the true interpretation of of the Torah. So all of this is discussed here by the Doravi, and he says that's why Rebbe wrote the Mishnah in order to preserve more of the Misora to make more to expand the definition of of Torah Shabbat. Obviously, he would know there's still Tanakh and there's still Mishnah, but in a certain sense, in a conceptual sense, he made it more Torah Shabbat so that nobody could argue on it. Who else has this suggestion? Where else do we see the ideas that the Ksivas Mishnah might have been an an important? stage of the Misora. So there is a famous Gemara in Mesecha Sanhedrin and it's in Mesecha Zavodah but it's a fascinating comments on that Gemara. The Gemara says, quotes the Tonah Devei in Surah number 6, Shishas Alafim Shona Havei Alma. The world is going to be 6,000 years long. The world is going to be 6,000 years long. Wow. Right? What do you mean? How is it split up? Shnei Alafim Tohu. The first 2,000 years were Tohu. Right? Nothingness. Shnei Alafim Torah. The next 2,000 years, Torah. Now we're in 5773. All right, so we're in the third, third. And the third 2,000 years, Yemosa Mashiach. We're in those years when Mashiach could come. Wonderful. Did some, what happened to Mepharad, the Rashi? Start with Rashi. What happened at year 2000? And what happened at year 4,000? Was there something that happened at those years? We know the year zero, something happened. What happened at the year 2000? What happened at the year 4000? So Rashi says, Adam Arishon was born. Up until 
2000, that was Tohu. Why? Because Rashi explains that Avram Avinu was born in the year 1948 on the Hebrew calendar. And therefore, he was 52 years old at the year 2000 of the world. And according to many Rishonim, that is when Avram Avinu discovered God. There are various opinions. The Ramam says 40, others say 3, but some Rishonim say 52. So Rashi, quoting that approach, Avram Avinu was 52 years old. That's when the years of Torah started. Torah meaning monotheism, Torah meaning the spreading the word of God. That's 2000. Avram Avinu started years of Torah. Fine. What about the year 4000? Says Rashi, nothing really happened in the year 4000. Really, it just wants to be parallel. Something happens at the year 2000. The year 4000 starts Yemosa Mashiach. But obviously, said Rashi, Torah didn't end at the year 4000. Nor did it end. We're still learning Torah today, Rashi says. And there, Rashi lived after the year 4000. And therefore, says Rashi, nothing happened at the year 4000. Nothing ended, I should say, at the year 4000. Something started. The potential for Mashiach to come happened at the year 4000. That's Yemosa Mashiach. Right? And that's the... Shitas Rashi. The problem in Rashi is, in, is, is inherent in that it's, it's not parallel. Rashi would say, okay, something started then, but nothing ended. So that's why a number of the Achronim, the Maharsha there in Sanhedrin, the Tartimimah says, makes the same point in Bresha, says, no, we could come up with an idea that something ended also at the year 4000. Because if you do the math, the Chorban Habayas happened right about 150 years before the year 4000. And therefore, the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, put together the Mishnah just about the year 4000. Says the Marsha, says the Torah Tamima, Torah ended. What does it mean Torah ended? The Chidushim, the principles of Torah, were laid down by Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and the Tanoim. After the Tanoim, everything is application. Everything is using those principles. But that's 4,000. That's what it means. Torah ended. Says the Torah Tamima. Let's read it from the Torah Tamima. The, the letters are a little bigger. Right? Year 4000, that's when Torah, a certain element of Torah, ended, and that is the year of the, around the year of the Stimas Hamishta. The Chazanish again also, and the Likutim on Hilchas Mamrim, in Surah number 10, also believes in this approach. Ha'emes says the Chazanish in source number ten. Ha'emes possesses a darsh acher a mishnah dachu es miyatalavavos. I'm sorry, ra'u es miyatalavavos neged baali mishnah. They saw the yadu the yadu lavetach shah ha'emes for olam imari shonim. The Amoraim says the Chazanish realized that the emes will always be with the Tanaim. And once they realized this, they will masik the MS that they will never get to the MS that the Tanoim got to. They were then not able to, not allowed to argue. They quoted the Tanoim before them. And the Chazanish even says, I think that's what the Kesem Mishnah means. 
What does it mean, Kimu Vakiblu? They were Kimu Vakiblu because they realized they'd always be wrong. Unless they have a Tana on their side. They realize they will never be Machavin to the MS as much as the Tana were. If you have a Tana that you hold like, wonderful. But if you're against the Tana, no. The Chazanish says you can't argue. And that's the assumption of every daf in, in Shas. That Tanaim were different leagues of Baalei Hamasor. So that's the Mishnah. Stage one. And that has to do with the rush on tomorrow's daf. But what about stage two? What about the Gemara now? Let's go to part two of our Shir. Was the Gemara a halachic stage? The Talmud, the Chasimah, the Talmud, Ravashi, Ravina and Ravashi. So it's a fascinating Gemara. Rav Moshe Salavach had pointed out, could have before him too, but he pointed this out, that if you look in the Hagdama to Mishnah Torah of the Rambam, the Rambam goes through the entire Mesorah from Adam, from Moshe, from Moshe, all the way down, from Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, Yeshua, again, he goes through everybody, all the way, until Ravina and Ravashi. Then he stops, and he says, and I'm the Rambam, and I'm writing my Sefer. Rosh Hashanah said, it's interesting contrast, if you look in the Me'iri, in the Me'iri's Hakdama to Pirkei Avos, he quotes from Moshe Rabbeinu until the Me'iri. And I'm the Baal Masara now. He goes all the way, he doesn't stop at Ravina and Ravashi. He goes through the Gaonim, and he goes through the early Rishonim. So why'd the Rambam stop? But the Rambam knew as much as the Me'iri did, Pashtus, right? So, so why the Rambam stop? Explain Ramosha Salvation because the Rambam is not a, giving you history here. The Rambam and his Akdama to Mishra Torah is giving us the Halachic Misora. The Halachic Misora ended at Ravina and Ravashi. That was an important stage. Nimsa says the Rambam back in source number eleven. Ravina Ashi, Vechavi Rehem, Sof Gedole Chachme Yisrael, Hamatikim Tarshalpet. They are the end of Chachme Yisrael. What do you mean? There were no great rabbis afterwards. The Rishonim weren't great. In a certain, that was a, a certain league that stopped. They, they were masakin. They made laws. They created. Viachar Bezdin Shal Rav Ashi Shachiber Hagamara. The Gamro Bimei Beno, Nispazu Yisrael Bechal Aratzos, Pizur Yasser, they were scattered, Vigil Lekitzvos, even for, they were already in Galas and Bavel, but they went further, all over the place. Vigil Lekitzvos, Ve'iyam Arachokin, they came to islands, Verafsa Ketata, there's Machlokas, and every Bezdin says whatever they want. So that is, the Gemara was the Stage. Next paragraph. Interesting, this is the Rambam that we spoke about before that spoke about every Bezdin and uh, arguing on the previous Batidinim. But the Rambam says, he admits here that this was a, a certain stage of the Halachic Gesara. And this is what we assume. The Gemara has a special status. Not only did the Mishnah have a special status, compared to the, what they came afterwards, even to the Amorayim, the Amorayim have a special status. And it's not just in Ashkaf, it's in Halacha. The Shulchan Aruch quotes, I gave you a Nefesh Arav, that's the Diak from uh, Ramosha Salvechik in Surah 12, he quotes that it is a Halachic issue. But the Ramah quotes in Choshe Mishpan, in Simen Chavhei, says the Ramah, Miu Yesh Omrim, if a judge assumes and works out based on proofs that the din is not like what it says in the postkim, you got to be pretty big to say that, and I've gone through all the research, you're allowed to argue. A postkim is allowed to argue on a previous postkim. He's allowed to. 
says the Ramah, if he has gone through the proper research. Why? How is he allowed to do that? He adds on four important words. Me'achar she'inu niskar be'gemara. If it's not in the Gemara, you're allowed to argue. So he adds that in. The Ramah says Beferish. Can't argue on the Gemara. Says the Gra on that Ramah. The Alha Gemara ain't Rishus Lahosef alo Ligroa. You can't add on a letter or take away a letter from the Gemara. Kalashikin Lach surely to argue on. The Gra argued on Rishonim, left and right. But he doesn't argue on the Gemara. He'll just reinterpret the Gemara different than everybody else does. But that's the Gra. Kemosha Kasav, and he quotes the Gemara in Bamitsia, totally in a different context. But the Gemara there has the line, Ravina Varavashi Sofora. Ravina and Ravashi, that's, that's the end. That's Beferish. The Gra, based on the Ramah, says that the Gemara is separate <coughs> stage of the Mesora, and one is not allowed to argue on that. Who else talks about this? There's a fascinating Shuvah of the Nodabi Yehuda, which we've done, we've looked at in the past in other contexts. If you skip for a moment to Source 17, hopefully we'll get back to the Grizz. Source 17 says the Nodabi Yehuda in Simon Ayin Tess in Evan Ezer. So this is the Shuvah that we've quoted in, uh, in Shabbat Shuvah's rushes in the past, where he was asked by a student of his, Rebbe, I'm going out with a girl and I have the same name as my, the girl's father. Am I allowed to go out with her? I know it says in the Tzavah, Rebbe Yudachasid, it's not a good idea. Fathers-in-law and sons-in-law, mothers-in-law, daughters-in-law, not going to work, says Rebbe Yudachasid. So, do I have to be worried? She has got great Midos. Comes from a great family. What should I do? My Rebbe, or Becheska Landau. So he says, says the Nodabi Yehuda, Da, tell me where it's underlined, tell me di ha-chaviv, my beloved student, v'yudvarim halalu chakukim aluach libecha, lezichron, Right, let these words be chakuk, be on your heart. Haklal agadol, she'ein l'kol chachamim sh'achar Talmud. You should know, all the chachamim after the Gemara, ain't lam reshus l'hagid, I'm sorry, it's cut off also a little, I don't know why this got cut off, l'hagid dover neged Talmud. No posig after the Gemara can say a word against the Gemara. That's why I was connected to us. Let's just continue. V'yomer dover l'ustar kutso yud. Talmud. And if anyone says something to even knock out a little corner of the yud of, of a word of the Gemara, lo Yisrael. They shall not be considered amongst Chachmei Yisrael. And therefore, If you find a great rabbi, If you find a great rabbi that is really one of the Bali Masora, and they argue on the Gemara, you have one of two choices. Either you have to say he's not one of the Bali Hamasara, which you'd rather not say, or you have to say he is one of the Bali Hamasara, but he didn't really mean what he said. And he didn't really mean to argue on the Gemara. Those are the two choices that you have. And therefore, says Rabbi Yehuda, says the note to be Yehuda, Kayotze Bazer, Anumosim, Lorabenu, Yehuda Chassid, B'Tzavashalo. If you look in the will of Yehuda Chassid, who was one of the Baal Yatosfas, this says, we're not talking about Chassidim here, Yehuda Chassid, one of the Baal Yatosfas. If you look in his will, Dvarim Shekimara, Surgola Shoman. He has a number of lines in there that are mafurish against the Gemara. Kihu Omer, Shalisa Basachoso. He says, you can't marry your niece. Gemara says, it's a great idea to marry your niece. The Gemara in Yavamis. A father and a son should not marry two sisters, even though it's all mutadaraisa. Fine. Who that two brothers should marry two sisters? And we find in the Gemara that the chayotze, the chayotze. So we may find many things. 
So if Imhaya Chassid Mitzavet Zavazul Akal Yisrael, if the Rabbi Yehuda Chassid had meant his will to be for the entire Jewish people, Harayu Sosa Ladevriat Talmud Vayasalon Lekabot Varav Klal would have to reject him as one of the Bali Amasora. So it must be says that Rabbi Yehuda, we are wrong. He never meant it for Klal Yisrael. That's what you have to say. He can argue on the Gemara, as we've said. So he says, "Avol emes yoradarko ki achasid lezaracharav." He saw in his prophetic thought that these zivugim would not work well in his descendants. That's it. So this is for his own personal family. But this has nothing to do with halacha. It has to do with what I think my, my children should do, says the Nodabi Yehuda. But it's not related to being din or a law for all of Klai Yisrael. That's the part of the Shuvah that's related to us. But again, his assumption is that one cannot argue on the Gemara. In the continuation of the Tshuva, that's where the Shabbat Shuva part of it comes in. He says, and I don't know why people ask me these questions about, about names. They don't care about Midas Tovos. I don't get any questions about Midos. I don't get any questions about, uh, about important things. But the same name they're bothered by. Okay, that's because at the end. V'tamahani Arova Ola says to give your daughter to an Ama Ares who doesn't know anything. That's not a problem. As long as the names aren't the same. But to have a big time of and Balmidas, other names. So people have to get their priorities right. Okay. One final place where we see the idea of the Gemara being a stage is <coughs> just the Briska Rav Sahara at the beginning of Source number 715. The Grizz in his commentary in Vaschana, quotes from, a thought from Chaimi Velazhin. Chaimi Velazhin quotes that the Mishnah in Perk tells us that if you forget something from your learning, you're Chayiv Misa. Mishayiv ben Afsho. It's a pretty scary thought. The Gemara Ervin talks about, we had it recently, about uh, forgetfulness and it's part of the, the, the human condition. So, the Briskarav quotes Chaimi Velazhin how we're supposed to understand this. So he says that that Mishnah only applied at a time period when if you lost something in the Misora, then it was gone forever. If you are a Tana, and you didn't pass something down, then it was gone. But says the Briskarav, the name of post-Gemara, it's a different world. Post-Gemara, this is a different type of Misora. And if you forget something, okay, you forgot the Chiddush from Rosner. It's not the biggest deal. Right? Somebody else will come up with it at, uh, at a certain time. So says the Briskarav, in the name of Rechabi Velazhin, again, the Gemara was the cutoff. Mishchai ben Asha was only earlier when there was a Mesira of Kabbalah Satorah, but now it's a different stage. So we spoke about the Mishnah, we spoke about the Gemara. Just one other source before we wrap it up. There is another discussion, the Sefer HaChinach discusses this, the Rush has a big discussion of this in Source 18. There he quotes the different opinions of the Rishonim, who discuss what about the next time. So we have the Mishnah, we have the Gemara, who's next? Gaonim. We don't have so much that the Gaonim wrote. But let's say we know that the Gaonim all hold one way. Is a Rishon allowed to argue on a Gaon? So that's also a Machlokas. It's a Machlokas in the Rosh, Machlokas the Raivin and the Balamar. Is that cool? What content, why is this in Sanhedrin? Because the Gemara there talks about different types of mistakes that judges can make. Mistakes about explicit laws and mistakes about what's called Tabashikal Adas. So explicit laws... So do you say that it wasn't a din? It was like a total mechatos, total dintos. So if it's against the Gemara, okay, it's Tabit Varmishnah. What about if it's against the Gaonim? Is that Tabit Varmishnah or is that Tabit Shikol Adas? Is that against something explicit or no? So that's the discussion in the rush whether it applied to the Gaonim.
So we see that Armisora, you know, we are kafuf to Armisora. We don't think that we can do whatever we want. We don't think that there's a lot of hashkafa behind these ideas that we believe in different stages. Just because we think of something and we, we come up with something and we're, you know, technologically advanced, does that mean that we're better than or that we can decide or argue? We're the only religion that has such a thing. The only religion. Every other religion, you think of something, you say it, you do it. And that's it. We're the only religion under the sun that does this and we're the only religion that has lasted. Right, throughout the centuries and throughout the ages. Just one final ha'ara on a hashkafic level. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in Source 19 discusses the Gemara in Maseches Temura on Daf Tezayin. Where the Gemara says there that when Moshe Rabbeinu was about to die, when he was about to go to, I'm sure, was about to go to Gan Eden, Avalele Yoshua, beginning of Source 19, he says to his, his star pupil, Yoshua, Sha'al mi men ikos fegos yeshlecha. Ask me any question you have. Today's my birthday. I'm 120 years old. My time's running out. Any questions that you have, ask me now or forever, you know, forever hold your peace. Amalei Yehoshua, he said that, Amalei, Yeshua says to Moshe, he says, Rebbe, he says, I haven't left your side in years. Everything that you've said, you know, I've heard. I've asked you every single thing throughout the, uh, there's nothing left for me to ask. I've, I've, I've been connected, I didn't leave the mountain. Right, so what, what, what else is there? What happened? What a great line! Didn't you write about me in the Torah? Didn't you write that? Immediately, Tashash Kochol Shal Yoshua says the Gemara. Yoshua got weak. And he forgot three halachas, and he got seven hundred svekos. <laughs> Basically, he forgot a lot, and then everybody was about to kill him. And Baruch Hu says, "You know, protected him." What's going on here in the Gemara? Answered Yaakov, Yeshua wasn't a chakran. He wasn't a liar. It was true. He said to Moshe, you know, there's nothing. I don't have any sveikos. But the Gemara seems to fault him. Says Yaakov Kamenetsky, there was one idea that Yeshua ben Nun did not know. And he had to learn. And that was the idea of every generation further from the source of the Mesorah is kafuf to the previous generation. In a hashkafic sense. You can't say it's an halachic sense because Moshe Feinstein is allowed to argue on the Chassam Sofer. Chassam Sofer is allowed to argue, you know, on the on the uh, earlier uh, on the Chacham Tzvi, on the earlier Achronim. But in a halach, in a hashkafic sense, says Rabbi Yaakov, there's an idea of every generation is a different stage. Moshe Kibbutz Torah Sinai is not the same as Umusarel Yoshua. Yeshua didn't realize that. He said, "Okay, I got everything," and he had to forget. He had to feel lost somewhat, in order to internalize this message of Natan Yeshua. And that's not the same as afterwards. Zakenim, Nevi'im, Ancheknes HaGadola. Every generation is built on the on the previous one. If you look all the way at the end, the end of Source 20, Ubenekuda Zuta Yeshua. This was Yeshua's mistake. Kihu Savar, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Shemikivan, Shu Lomash, Ve'olo Shamosha. Since he never left, Ve'loman, Mimenu, Ola Torah, Imkei Shuvein Chilik, Ve'olo Ve'moshe. There's no Chilik. And he had to learn that there was a chilek. So in a halachic sense, the stages were... Moshe Rabbeinu was definitely a halachic sense. You can't argue with Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe, and then Mishnah, and Gemara, and maybe Gaonim. But in a hashkafic sense, we know it's really every generation, but we stand on giant shoulders. That's how we look at it. How's Mashiach going to come in our generation if it didn't come in the days of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Eger? They filled up... No, the Kaddish Prophet is going to bring Mashiach when, when the barrel's filled with mitzvahs. So they did a lot. We just got to throw in a few more. Right? We're on giant shoulders. So even though there's the halachic stages that Kaddish Prophet has, 
has uh, expectancies, you know, and things that he looks forward to in every generation, and we just have to do what we can in ours to fulfill our potential.